Welcome to the Hook and Hunt Experience with hunting and fishing expert and host of Hook and Hunt TV, Jim Crowley, and radio host and outdoorsman, Drew Kirby. On today's show, we'll cover fishing, hunting, outdoor adventures, wild game recipes, and so much more. Brought to you by Ned's Pretty Good Garage Bait and Tackle, home of the $8.99 oil change. If you have questions, comments, or want to offer up some suggestions, reach out on Facebook at Hook and Hunt Experience. And now, here's Jim Crowley and your host, Drew Kirby. Welcome back to another Hook and Hunt Experience. And uh, Jim, I got to tell you, where I am in California, the heat has set in for right now, and I may or may not be wearing pants while we're doing this. And this is a great show. Please join us again <laughs> next week. <laughs> Luckily, it's not really visual, so imagine that I'm wearing pants. Buddy, I'm always going to mention that you're wearing pants. Yeah. Well, we we hit the century mark for yeah. four days in a row, wow. and, and we're talking 107 a couple of days. Uh, oh, my goodness. Yeah. And now they say it's a dry heat, Jim, but... I encourage you to go stick your head in the oven at 109 and tell me that it's not a little bit hot. You sound like my ex-wife. <laughs> How funny is that? I was joking, but she wasn't. No, I'd, I've been around the country just like you have, and I don't care if it's a dry heat or whatever. 109 is freaking hot. When you get into your truck and your hands almost stick to the steering wheel because it's so oh, warm, yeah. you know, but but that's fine. Now, you have done some stuff this week. You got out and you shot a show and the weather's kind of turning around to be more of a late spring there. Yeah, and fish are biting. And, and with the lake we we filmed at, um, it's always a lake that we go to at least once a year. It's it's a little state park here in central Illinois, and uh, it's always a good place to film a show. Um, but, you know, more people out than I've ever seen on this little 500-acre lake. I, you know, people want to get out and kayak guys, regular fishing boats, all the boat docks that are on this little lake were full. It was good to see people out. People were really happy walking through the woods, having a good time, laughing. And uh, yeah, the, the fish are biting. There's a lot of the places are still very muddy from all the rain we've had. But I picked this lake because it's spring fed and the water was still relatively clear because there's a lot of grass in there and it's spring fed. So it's like a constant filter system. So we had a good, we had a good time. We had a good time. Coming up later on in the show, we'll talk a little bit more in detail of what's uh, on that show is uh, you have had the opportunity here a little bit lately to travel around and see some different places, but really haven't been that successful. So we'll, we'll find out more about, uh, what the future holds for old Jim Crowley over there. And Jim, <laughs> I was tooling around on the uh, interwebs and I always like looking for these stories that I think may shock you a little bit that maybe will, you'll be like <gasps> gasp. And I think this Kinda one, like you not wearing pants. Yeah, yeah. that's right. That, I see. I At least I'd probably be wearing underpants at least <laughs> a little bit. You know, you need to have a little protection. <laughs> <laughs> this is going south really quick. Yeah, it is. Uh, so the last couple of weeks, I, I've told you about stories of kids fishing, because I love hearing stories about that, mm -hmm. where families will go out. Or uh, There's a six-year-old boy who lives on a lake in South Carolina. Name is Knox Brewer. And he's got into this. I'm not sure if you have ever done this before, but have you ever gone fishing and caught something that, A, is interesting, not quite a fish, but you know, maybe a, a stick or a tire or a shoe or oh, something yeah. like that. Oh, yeah. Uh, little Knox Brewer was magnetic fishing. Have you ever tried this? 
No. Uh, he basically has a rod and reel, and mm-hmm. he has a magnet attached to the end. And this six-year-old boy will go, and he'll throw the magnetic line into the water and just start mm-hmm. reeling and hoping he'll catch a treasure. Not going to sure. catch any fish, on a, not unless it, it swallowed a hubcap. But, Might catch a steelhead. Yo, anyway. look at that. There he is. Very See what quick. I did there? there. Better than your pants joke. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> yeah. Except I'm nice and cool. Uh, but Knox <laughs> got really frustrated because he couldn't get his line back in, so he thought it was snagged on something. And it, with some the help of a couple of people standing by, I guess he lives right on the lake, so he'll go do this a lot. Uh, pulled out a lockbox containing jewelry, credit cards, checkbooks, and <laughs> other uh, items of monetary value. Yeah, so I'm telling you right now, that would never happen to me. <laughs> Can you imagine pulling something out like that? Now, you said that you have caught things before that aren't in the norm. And what are a couple of these things that that maybe sometimes you'll get uh, latched onto? Well, one, uh, the first one that comes to mind was a 30-pound snapping turtle. Wow, yeah, that'll do it. That that was not really happy that he ate my plastic worm. He was not happy. <laughs> I set the hook on him, and he was pissed. Were, were um, you excited thinking that it was going to be this big old bomb fish? And oh, oh yeah, I thought and- we were in the bass tournament. This is probably, you know, 25, 30 years ago. And in a bass ago, my partner, I said, get the net, you know, and he's a big boy, like 6'4", 300 pounds, big boy. He comes up to the front of the boat, rocking a boat. He saw that turtle and I've never heard a higher pitch than out of a high school schoolgirl, man. He <laughs> ran to the back of that boat. <laughs> Needless to say, I didn't get my jig back. And then one time I was in a tournament uh, and I set the hook and the line takes, I was, I was throwing a, a jig up inside a boat dock uh, or a boathouse. And I set the hook and the line takes off sideways. And I thought, this is it, man. This is the one I need right here. It got to the top and it was, a, I hooked a piece of aluminum siding and it had just ran sideways in the water. <laughs> Needless, needless to say, that was one darn good fighting piece of sighting. I can tell you that because I, I was heartbroken. I can only uh, imagine what what goes through <laughs> your head in a time like that when when you're out in a situation like that, being a tournament or you know oh, want, yeah. wanting a great catch for filming of a show. Yeah, uh, to hook onto something like that, your adrenaline starts pumping and. And you, you're just thinking in the back of your mind, all the TV cameras are going to be snapping pictures of you. And Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then I'm like, I'm, you know, and, unless somebody wants their side of their house redone, they're not going to care what I collect today. <laughs> but it adds to the excitement of of whatever you can sure. catch when you're you're out on the water. And you, uh, you had mentioned that there were lots of people out on the water. And uh, I know that there have been lots of stories about, you know, Lake of the Ozarks, Missouri, where... Yep. People were elbow to elbow of, of different things. When when there are crowds around, I remember my grandpa saying, "Now now don't talk. Stop talking because you're gonna you're gonna interrupt the fish. The fish won't bite if you're talking." When you have large crowds on lakes and on on water, does that affect the way that they react? I think boat traffic more so than anything, especially if you're um, in an area offshore. Uh, when a lot of boats pull up or I think that may affect it more than, you know, I've caught plenty of fish around boat ramps when people are backing boats in. Most fish are used to that. Right. You know, and I, I will, I will, I've always said it and I'll say it time and time again, fish do not think they simply react to their environment. And if they're used to being in areas where there's a lot of noise, and a lot of commotion, that's fine. If they're in areas where, you know, a lot of boats are moving around or things are doing, then yeah, maybe those fish are 
you know, adversely affected. But I don't worry too much about, you know, I when I'm out in a boat and people are up on the on the bank, I'm trying to always be cautious of watching for their lines if I want to fish near the area. But I'll never get too close to them. I mean, they have just as much right, you know, to right. fish the area as I do. I was happy to see them out. And the other day was pretty cool about that. People were just waving, you know, and 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 being nice. They were just happy, just happy to be out. So, so my grandpa is, uh, sit down, boy, you're being too, too loud. You need to quiet down. The fish will never bite. Was a bunch of BS. He was just telling you to shut up. Yeah. He just hated hearing me all the time, didn't he? (laughs) 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 Well, Jim, I'll tell you that we have got a pretty good guest on today because we love made in America. And this guest today definitely shows about making in America. Yeah, looking forward to this, Drew. We've got Joe Van Diemen from the All-American Clothing Company coming on, and they've got some great, great stuff. So he'll be on right up right up after this. This week's Hook and Hunt Experience guest star is brought to you by Hook and Hunt TV, where our slogan is, God made me a fisherman and a hunter. I'm proud of both and apologize to no one. Watch the latest episode at hookandhunttv.com. Jim, here at uh, Hook and Hunt Experience, one of the things that we love, and that's the United States of America. We try to stay as bi-American as we can because I always feel like when you think of the outdoors, you think of hunting and fishing, you think of American pride on a, on a lot of these adventures when you're going through the Rocky Mountains or you, maybe you're going through the Sierra Va- Nevada Mountains or you're cruising down the Mississippi River. Uh, I mean, that's as American as American can be. Yeah, it's right next to apple pie, man. I mean, uh, for even the what my other show, Hook and Hunt TV, is on is we are in the Pride Outdoor Network on Amazon and Roku. It's just I had that instilled with me by my dad, you know, when he would take me fishing. I'm happy to bring on this next guest. Where I love, I love their line of clothing. Matter of fact, they have a lot of stuff, but it's from the All American Clothing Company. And Joe Van Diemen is nice enough to join us. Joe, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Hey, no problem. Hey, I'm wearing, and I and I know this is a great venue for people to see products, radio. I, I'm actually wearing a hoodie right now. I've got a couple of them from you guys, and the quality is fantastic. They're extremely comfortable. And we're going to get into some of the other products because I saw some stuff on there that I just absolutely love. But just tell us a little bit about the company because I, I think it's fantastic. Well, sure. Absolutely. A All-American Clothing Company was started back in 2002. Uh, it was a time when a lot of other clothing companies were taking their, their production abroad, taking it to Mexico or Asia. Um, and the founder of the company, Lawson Nickel, he thought it was something that, you know, it's very important to have clothing that's produced here in the U.S. Uh, he decided to do it on his own, started with a, a single pair of men's jeans and uh, grew from there. So we now offer seven or eight you know, different models of men's jeans. I expanded to have men's button-down shirts, sweatshirts, t-shirts, all sorts of things. And and now we have women's apparel, different types of accessories, all sorts of things. And we're continuing to grow. Drew, you were commenting on that about looking over the prices on there too. There is really no difference and their prices and they're made right here compared to some of the other brands that obviously are not. Yeah, we, we take great pride in our, our prices, uh, you know, staying affordable. Um, our, our men's jeans retail from $55 to $60 a pair. Um, and, and while some people say that's that's expensive, you know, it's a, a really comparable to what you'd find with a pair of Levi's or, you know, a pair of pants from a Duluth trading post, um, something like that. Um, and at the same time, you are keeping American workers working, which is pretty fantastic. We, we pay, you know, fair wages to employees. Uh, w- you look at our list of suppliers to make any pair jeans we're talking about we're involving probably anywhere between you know 
10, 15, 20 different companies for all different parts and components wow. of those genes. And it's really just you know pretty great to be a part of that economy where we are keeping Americans working here in the U.S. You guys don't stop at, at genes. The, the, the genes, A, are they look fantastic. And I love that you can get on the back, you can get the leather tag that says um, yep. USA, or you can get the American flag on your, your pants. And nothing shows more pride than that. Yep, absolutely. So uh, we, we do. We try to give those options. Most of our genes come with a, a small tag on the, the right side pocket that says Made in USA and has has a colorful flag there. And as you said, we do offer that leather patch on the, the back waistline where you can choose to have an American flag on there or um, a, one of our logo tags or something that says keeping jobs here in the USA. Um, so it is. It's a great way to promote uh, buying American to others. I don't know. I think it's because I've gotten older that cheap socks bug me they just bug me <laughs> that never used to, i'd be like I, that sounds so stupid but i used to just buy oh these these socks will fit great and then in a week or two they're getting a hole in the bottom or they're sliding down and everything and you guys have I, and i'm going to order some of these they just look awesome but maybe you can tell me more about them those wigwam uh socks those things look like they would be as comfortable as slipping into a pair of slippers or something and then those fox river carbons look, those look like something I want to take fishing with me. They look really comfortable. Well, absolutely. So in addition to manufacturing our, our own line of several products, as you mentioned, we do jeans, uh, we do t-shirts, we do uh, different things like hoodies and flannel shirts, button downs. Uh, we've said, you know, there are some some products out there that, that we do not have an expertise in, and we, we are going to say that. So uh, we, we would rather partner with another good American-made company mm -hmm. like a Wigwam or a Fox River and resell some of their, their quality products that meet our standards as well. Um, so as you mentioned, we, we do sell socks from both both Wigwam, Fox River at this time. Uh, we have another supplier that's coming on here pretty soon in that area as well. Um, but we test all those products to make sure they're of our quality standards. Uh, we work with them to make sure that you know, their manufacturing lines are really along the same line in terms of mission and ideals that we have in terms of treating people the right way and uh, you know where they source their materials from and things like that to ensure that you are getting a good quality product if you're buying it from our site. The motto is make something happen today every day. You guys encourage the employees that work for you to not hold back and to come to you guys to give ideas and, and to be part of the mission. Is that right? Absolutely. And I, I think that's something that makes our company a very special place is we, we do like to empower the employees. Uh, we like them to come forward with ideas, suggestions um, for, for either new products, new processes, um, and, and even taking care of our customers. You know, we, We'll have a customer occasionally that will say, I, I brought these in and you know these jeans didn't hold up like I expected or you know th they share their problems with us and we have our warranty periods and all those types of things but at the end of the day we, we leave it up to our team to take care of our customers um, and we want to give them the power to do so so no, no one has to run it up the flagpole to management or anything and say can I do the right thing here? It's like, no, that's expected. As an employee at our company, you are expected to do the right thing, whether that's taking care of a customer, taking care of a, a package that's coming out, uh, you know, doing what we need to do. So um, I, our employees live by that, making something happen today. It is something that, that we all, you know, we, we talk about on a regular basis, but it's it's not a top-down thing by any, re any means. It's really something that our employees live by and, and they really appreciate. What product kind of excites you right now? Like maybe you brought a new company in or you guys have something new coming out? 
We actually have a couple of uh, new models of genes that we're working on. So a lot of our genes right now are very heavyweight genes. So um, uh, it's like a 15-ounce denim that's uh, 100% cotton, pretty heavy duty. So if it's something that you're, you're up to hiking up the mountain or, or going through the woods, um, not something that your thorns are going to get stuck on or anything like that. <laughs> um, it, you know, it, it, it's great for wearing, you know, wearing to work too. We get a lot of plumbers, electricians, concrete guys, you know, that, that really need something that they say, most jeans I buy at the store, they last me three months, years last me five years. Um, <laughs> we take a lot of pride in that. So it, that's really great. Um, we also do know that there are people out there that um, have desk jobs and, and different things where they say, I just want a pair of jeans to wear on the weekends or, you know, those things. And they may not want something that's quite as heavy duty. So we're working on a few designs that have a, a lighter weight denim to that. So we're excited about those coming out. Um, that's something in a little bit delayed due to COVID-19 and, and some disruption to our production. But um, we're very excited about that. Um, and then w we've recently started a new partnership with a company that's doing some manufacturing for us in some more, I'd say, like tactical type of gear. Um, mm -hmm. So different types of duffel bags and belts and things like that. Oh, that that's are, cool. Um, you know, it just, I, I'd say a little bit more. You, you like wearing them outdoors, you feel a little bit more trendy and such. Um, so we're excited about those types of things as well, because those will just be some new categories for us that we haven't really carried in the past. Now, one thing that, that some people may look for in, in a company is maybe they're going to buy a, a pretty good amount of shirts or maybe jackets. Do you guys embroider? I, I've heard that you guys do a little bit of embroidery as well. We, we do absolutely. We we work with a number of different companies, uh, government agencies, organizations, and we provide uh, you know custom embroidery and screen printing services. So if you need uh, polo shirts for your company with your company name, we're happy to do that for you, and we can do all that in house. Uh, if you have designs, you can bring them to us, or if you need help with designs, we can do that as well. Um, but we, we do that for several different organizations, and and as you said, it's it's something we we don't promote too heavily at this time, but uh, something that we actually do work with. A, a lot of different companies to do that. Um, so it's an area that we're, we're very happy to do that. And um, again, that's really great for, for us. We, we get very excited about sharing that American-made uh, you know, feeling with a whole company or organization that wants to promote that same um, pride in, in their clothing to their employees and such. Well, Joe, that's absolutely fantastic. Hey, if people want to find out more, and folks, I encourage you to go do this, please, please go check out the All-American Clothing Company. Joe, where can they find out more information about you? Yeah, you can find us online at allamericanclothing.com. Uh, we do most of our sales online. And, you know, when we're back up and running full steam ahead, we have a retail showroom at our headquarters in Arcanum, Ohio, just outside of Dayton. So if you're ever in that area of the world, feel free to stop by as well. Very good. Well, Joe, it's been an honor. We can't wait for people to come check it out, allamericanclothing.com. Good luck. You told us a little earlier that you're still getting your feet wet into this uh, this business. And we hope that you have uh, the American dream lived out. Well, thank you. We appreciate it. And I uh, really appreciate being on the show today. Have really enjoyed talking to you. Here's your hook and hunt experience look back with the Moxie Dog Treats Outdoor History Minute. Now, Jim, uh, we're going to talk about the product of the week in just a couple of minutes here. But this is going to kind of lead you in 
to your product of the week. I was looking at the history of the spinning reel. Did you know that the spinning reel invented back in Europe in the, the 1930s, uh, and then a wealthy American sportsman named Bonk Brown went to France where he decided to help develop a small reel company, brought it to the U.S. to market. His company purchased in 1947 named Arex. That same year, Arex bought out a new model called the Beachcomber. It's kind of interesting. When you go back and look at these things that that you use every time you're out in, in your boat or you're out fishing. Yeah. And do you ever sit and think, oh, well, I wonder where this came from. Where did, What <laughs> guy along the way or what woman along the way decided that, yeah, we're going to put a bunch of parts together and we're going to make this real to make it so much easier for lazy fishermen to be fishermen. <laughs> Yeah, and thank God they did because I, I I use a spinning reel probably more now for more different species of fish than I ever have, um, and obviously over the years they've they've really improved and and come out with some great designs and but yeah everything from throwing real light line when I'm freshwater fishing uh, up to some pretty heavy line when I'm saltwater fishing spinning reels can be an essential part of your arsenal. For me growing up, it that wasn't something that was in our arsenal. We all, we always had like the Zebco 33s and right. you know that's the kind of a reel we had. When did the spinning reel become more popular? Has it always been something that has been that popular? The early to mid 90s is when I really first started hearing about the spinning reel. And then around the late 90s there were tournament anglers like Guido Hibden and and Gary Klein not so much Gary Klein, but Guido Hibden and a couple others that started using the spinning reel to throw smaller lures and win big amounts of money, uh, just lighter line and clear water. Um, and then around probably around mid, uh, probably about that same time, I started using a spinning reel a little bit in some tournaments and started, you know, catching a couple more fish with, I wish I would have used it years before. Cause I know I would have gotten more bites. The idea behind the spinning reel in fresh water, in other words, for me, when I throw lures on 10-pound test line and under, I throw them on a spinning reel. When I throw them 12-pound test line and over, I throw them on a bait cast reel. And so when it came to fishing clear water, like when I love to fish for smallmouth or even on this recent episode of Hook and Hunt TV where we really had to downsize and fish smaller baits, I had to throw a spinning reel. Um, and it, it really it really put a lot more fish in a boat for us than if I hadn't have been because I could just present the lures a lot easier with that lighter line. And a lot of times what a spinning reel allows you to do is get more action out of some of your lures because of the lighter line. Um, and that's, and that's, I was throwing a wacky worm on this past episode and you need to throw lighter line with that. And the spinning reel is, is perfect for that. How, how interesting is it that during the eighties, you probably just used a Zebco 33 and were pretty happy with it. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people did. My dad started me right away with a bait cast reel. I mean, my first fish was, I mean, he'd have to cast it out for me, but, you know, that's that's just what we had. And then as I was growing up and he took me to Canada, he moved me right in the spinning reels. So I had spinning reels for everything, you know, and then I got into tournament fishing and I got away from the spinning reels and learned how to throw a bait caster for everything, you know, and then near the end of my tournament career, I started using more of the spinning reels and now I use them both. 
So, you know, it's kind of come full circle, but they're definitely an intricate part of, of how I fish anymore. Find out more about the products that you're using. You know, just look back into the, the history. Yeah. And with Google, it's very simple to do. Go back and, you know, learn about the history of the tools that you're using. In the outdoor world, there's always something new. And here's a hook and hunt experience product review presented by Crowley's Crawlers. The plastic worms that make sure you're hauling in the limit every time. Well, Jim, I bring up the history of the spinning reel because it just so happens that today's product is a spinning reel. Spinning reel. <laughs> Funny how that Man, works. These, these, these lead-ins are so unexpected. They really are. <laughs> They really are. Well, yeah, sometimes, wanna, man, you got to bait you. Gotta bait you. I got to bait you. You, you got to bait you. Just pull me along, dude. I'll figure it out. You know, we were, we've were we talked about before about that I love to build my own rods, and, and I do that with components from American Tackle. I use all their blanks and their uh, reel seats and, and everything, basically. But American Tackle's come out with some new spinning reels, and I love them. I just just used them on the show this past week. And these are their, their deluxe spinning reels. It's, it's a 3,000 size, which a lot of people know um, what that is. But what impresses me, it's got a, it's got a gear ratio, a 5 two to one gear ratio on there, but really what impresses me is the drag system on there. They're actually made with a brass drag system with 22 pounds of drag pressure. That may not mean a lot to a lot of people, but let's put it out this way. The average spinning reel on the market today has anywhere, I think, from 8 to 12 pounds of drag pressure. These have 22. The drag is incredibly smooth. They've got six ball bearings. This is an aluminum body construction um, with carbon fiber accents. And that multi-disc front drag system is not only extremely reliable, it's really smooth. It's got a one-way clutch and reverse system like a lot of the reels do. But the comfort grip is fantastic and they even match it with a machined aluminum spool and line clip. It's a very light, strong reel. And when I'm using light line, one of the things that is good about that in clear water is that I can make long casts. And the way this spool is designed on here, it helps facilitate those long casts with the rods that I built. On top of that, when I go to set the hook, I know that not only I have a strong drag, but I have a reliable drag. And on light line, you need a really reliable drag because a lot of times when the fish pulls, I need that reel and rod to give, like it's a shock absorber, working as one. And if you want to learn out more about American Tackle's products, their bait casting and their spinning reels, you can go to americantackleanglerproducts.com. HookingOnTV.com has been educating and entertaining the world of hunting and fishing for years. Let's find out about the latest from Hook and Hunt TV's Jim Crowley on the Hook and Hunt Experience. Well, Jim, for the last couple of weeks, you have been doing these live shows where you're doing Facebook Live and answering questions, and I even asked you a question on your Facebook Live. What's the average amount of time that your plastic baits are going to last? Yeah, and and you know it just depends on the on the plastic baits that you use and exactly what is happening, um, and sometimes even how you rig the baits. It depends. I can I can rig a swim bait up on a jig head, and it may last six, seven, eight, nine fish. You know, a lot depends on on the rigging and exactly how you know, you're using it. So, um, this, for example, this last week, you know, the fish were biting pretty light. The line would just get heavy. You'd set the hook. And, you know, I probably had four or five bass to each worm before it got torn up. And then I had to use another one, you know, that's why they good. They come in packs of, you know, 10, 20, depending on, on what you get. So you really have to go into it thinking if you're going to take a minnow or if you're going to take a worm and fish, it, it's not going to last, you know, about the same, right? right? You know, if you're not getting any bites, it'll be just fine. 
<laughs> it'll be yeah the men will just be swinging around I, I, that leads me to a funny story real quick i gotta tell you because uh, i remember as a kid i have not thought about this story in about 40 years but so <laughs> my dad my dad used to love the sucker fish for northern pike so it's real simple you put a big bobber out there you put a line hook down there and this sucker is just and we would do this in the fall and a big 10 11 inch sucker would just be swimming underneath it that son of a gun may swim there all day, man, and nothing went, and nothing happens, and he's fine. All you know, you let him go, and just figure, hey, you got my daddy to tell. Well, this was your day, kid, and just let <laughs> the sucker go, right? But I remember one time that we could see the sucker getting aggravated, it was swimming on top of the weeds and everything, while there was a pike chasing it. Pretty soon, there was no action. <laughs> It was no action. Nothing happened. The bobber didn't go down. Nothing. So my dad goes, I wonder what the heck's going on. I'm going to reel this in. So he reels it in. And the sucker, if you can, if you could, re- if any of you guys know what a sucker's face looks like, the eyes are kind of closer on the top of the head. Then it's got that suction. Looks like a carp on the bottom. The mouth was actually open. It died being scared to death. <laughs> we laughed. We laughed so hard. The, the sucker actually had a look on his face like, holy crap, this is it for me. He was scared to death. I think he had a heart attack. <laughs> and it was, and I think I was a kid like seven, eight years old. And I still remember that. It was so funny. My dad and I laughed in the boat. He even brought the thing in to show his buddies because he goes, look, the damn thing died of a heart attack. <laughs> we didn't catch nothing, but right. yeah, we got a funny story out of it. Oh, how great. Now you did a show this last week yeah. at TV.com. You can get it on the Facebook page. And you actually got out to hit up a, a lake there close to you. We fished a little local lake here. Then I, I filmed. I filmed a bunch of shows um, over the years for syndicated for a syndicated television show back way back when, along with my show Hook and Hunt TV. It's just called Weldon Springs State Park. Great, great little lake. A lot of fun. But you know, with everybody being cooped up for a while, we figured we'd go on a Friday. You know, and there'd be less people there. Not just not think that's what we usually do. We usually go film in the middle of the week when there's not as much stuff out there. I can fly the drone easier etc and so we get out there and it was like moses parted the red sea and everybody was coming (laughs) the parking lot was full and this is a little parking lot the every little boat dock every little fishing platform on that lake was full the dam had people all over it the parking lot had people fishing into the lake from there there were i think we counted 20 kayaks plus um, regular fishing boats and then wow. us trying to film a show out there. It was like a traffic jam on, on the Kennedy Expressway up by Chicago <laughs> and you trying to catch a fish. You know, of course, I went with ideas about how I thought we were going to catch them. Well, that didn't work out. So then I, I switched to a backup plan and we did. And, and that's what the show's about. It's about when it's really tough, we drop down the light line and spinning reels. And it was interesting to see once we figured out a weed line that these fish were relating to. I have a system on my boat called Spotlock. And a lot of guys who have newer boats don't know what that is. It's basically a GPS system. When you hit the button, your trolling motor keeps you in the exact same place. You don't have to do anything. It just spot locks you and keeps you on that spot. Aren't you just fancy dancing? Well, yeah, it, it's, it's, a, it's, I, I've had spot lock. This is my second boat with it since it came out. And it, it what helps is when it's windy and you really want to hold on a spot, you hit that button and it, it, the boat just holds you there. And so we had to set up this drift of these baits going down this weed line for these bass. And that spot lock was a hundred percent why we filmed a successful show. It was funny because we went to go try another weed line and another boat moved in right there there watch us catch these <laughs> fish take your fish <laughs> and we were just right across from the lake and we didn't see him catch anything so when we came back over there the guy was we talked for a couple minutes he was nice enough to move 
I found where we were fishing on the graph. I hit spot lock and we caught a fish again right away. That day was totally about boat positioning. And when it gets tough, boat positioning can be so critical. Location and presentation. That was it. We had to locate those fish. We had to present the lure a certain way. We go over that. We presented the lures two different ways. Both uh, my friend who was fishing with me is also my camera guy. And we both did different things, but we were both successful and ended up making a good show about it. And it's called working hard and wacky worm. And that's exactly what we did. We worked hard. We used a wacky worm along with a soft plastic jerk bait and we got the job done. Get over and check it out. HoganOnTV.com. Here's the latest hook and hunt experience, hunting and fishing scouting report. Brought to you by the Tackle Box Bar and Grill, where the stories are as big as the fish baskets and beer. The Tackle Box Bar and Grill, downtown Fish Creek, Wisconsin. Well, as we were talking, uh, things have changed a little bit. Here in California, we've had 100 degrees plus for the last few days. So it really is the first hot snap of the year. And Jim, in the Midwest, you guys are starting to get into the late spring type of weather. If it wasn't for building rods and lures while the rain we've had, I could have been building an ark. It's been <laughs> ridiculous here. When it comes to fishing right now, for where you guys are, but your largemouth are done spawning. They're on their summer patterns. They're, you know, in a lot of your clear lakes, they're in their deeper holes, your grassy lakes. Some are buried up in the grass. In the Midwest here, we're in post-spawn because a lot of the waters are so muddy. That can be some tough stuff right now because fish are going to be usually extremely shallow and extremely tight to cover. Now, if the water was a little bit clear, a lot of times when fish just get done spawning, the females will go out to any type of, on a reservoir anyway, they'll go out to any type of vertical structure, like standing trees or bridge abutments or the end of boat docks, any, anywhere to recuperate or off to a first break, something that's some type of vertical structure to recuperate. That way they only have to move up and down to feed and then go back. And on some smaller lakes, well, they may move a little bit deeper. They may go to the end of trees. And then when they go from post-spawn into their pre-summer pattern, that's when they start putting on the feed again. And so hopefully if the weather stays stable within the next couple of weeks, um, depending on the types of water that we're fishing, the weather is going to stabilize a little bit more. The fishing is going to get a little bit more stable. Right now, topwater fishing is going to be really starting to be really, really good around us, fishing a frog, fishing a buzzbait, the fun stuff. But it's all going to depend on water clarity too, because if, if we keep getting a lot of rain, fish are going to stay shallow a lot just because there's a lot more stuff in the water but when the weather stabilizes i can see some pretty good fishing coming for the next part of the season the hook and hunt experience wants you to live well from the live well here's your old buddy stink bait rivers <laughs> it's your old buddy stinky welcome to another edition of live well from the live well right here on the hook and hunt experience today uh, i was sitting around uh, in the conversion van down by the lake thinking to myself you know text messaging is a horrible way to communicate for instance, if you tell a joke on a text message, it can get messed up. Here's one that I received recently. A priest, a minister, and a rabbit walked into a bar. The bartender says, what do you have? The priest said, I'll have a whiskey. The pastor said, I'll have a glass of wine. And the rabbit said, well, I don't know why I'm here. I guess it's only because autocorrect. Make sure you communicate to the ones you love the proper way. Pick up the phone and give them a call. Till next time, Cheryl Buddy Stinky. You can find me on Facebook at stinkbaitrivers.com. We'll see you next time right here on the Hook and Hunt Experience. Ha <laughs> ha, you betcha. We can't leave you high and dry. 
Here are some words of wisdom in the last cast with Jim Crowley on the Hook and Hunt Experience. With temperatures starting to heat up and people wanting to spend more time outside, we've all been really cooped up for time and we want to stay out. When you get out in the water now, make sure you stay hydrated. I do not bring pop in the boat with me. Definitely no alcohol. That's going to be stuff that is going to take away. It's going to dehydrate you. Energy drinks, do not do that. That is bad for your system. It will dehydrate you. Water, drinks like Gatorade, those are the things that actually put the electrolytes back in your body and you stay hydrated. Try to wear a hat, some of the new fishing style shirts we have, like when we talked to Stacy Walker from Prime One a couple weeks ago, their fishing shirts, anything to keep your body cooler. But being hydrated is an important thing. We're all happy to get out. We're all happy to be fishing. We're all happy to be in the outdoors. You still got to play it smart. You still got to play it safe. Thanks for stopping by the show. Head over to the Hook and Hunt Experience on Facebook and give us a like and find out more about this week's show. The Hook and Hunt Experience is brought to you by HookandHuntTV.com. Stop by and watch the latest episodes airing now. Moxie Dog Treats. Your dog will love you. And brought to you by Crawley's Crawlers. The plastic worms that make sure you're hauling in the limit every time. And the Tackle Box Bar and Grill, where the stories are as big as the fish baskets and beer. Join us next week for the next episode of the Hook and Hunt Experience.